It's so perfect that Hassan Shechter and Noah were singing and together with Shoshana were singing Shalom as the entree into this word of Torah. Because the other, other place that I know of an example of what he taught is in the word Shalom. There's only one place in the Torah where this appears, this particular teaching. And so with a unique instance of the word Shalom, peace. So I want to unpack it a little bit and we talk about the story of Joseph together. The story of Joseph makes me cry every year. It's not a secret to those who've ever studied with me that it's hard for me to control myself when I read it. The story of brothers split apart by jealousy and envy. The story of brothers who we can readily imagine are full of remorse, regret, loss, realized and unrealized. The story of a father who doesn't stop hoping to see his son again. A story of someone quite gifted and quite remarkable and complicated. The story will come to a, almost to an end this week. Tomorrow morning we'll read about this great moment where, where Judah basically forces Joseph's hand Judah, who becomes the leader and who's already made himself to some degree the leader in so many ways, and also life has carved out Yehuda's leadership. He's cried tears of his own and been broken. The Judah that we meet this week, the Judah that approaches the great viceroy, not knowing or maybe knowing that it's his long lost brother whom he tried to save years ago, is not the same Jew that we met decades before. The Judah who tried, albeit unskillfully, to try to save Joseph from the hands of his brothers. The Judah who went down, got married, had three beautiful boys, but then lost two of them. The Judah who was brought low by his daughter-in-law, Tamar, who showed him the errors of his ways and birth, at least in the traditions, understanding the lineage of the redeemers. That Judah approaches humbly, powerfully, courageously, throws himself at the feet of this seemingly despotic ruler and pleads on behalf of his youngest brother, Benjamin. People know the story. And there's a moment, of course, where after telling the story over again to Joseph, repeating and reframing everything that had happened, Judah says, how can I, Eich elavi, how can I go back to my father, and the child is not with me? Joseph, hiding in full view, knows the word na'ar was used to describe him in the beginning of chapter 37 of Genesis. Vehun na'ar, had b'nei bilha, had b'nei zilpa. Joseph knows that Judah could easily have been saying this years ago. He could have been saying, how can I go back to our father? Vehanar, meaning Joseph is not with me, but instead he means now, and Benjamin is not with me. And it breaks Joseph wide open. He says to everybody, leave the palace. I don't want anybody here. 
The text will tell us that there was no one there when Joseph came out to his brother. Joseph, we can imagine, has been imagining and dreaming of this moment of success and triumph for years. Maybe he'd forgotten about it, but probably not. Probably at some point he said, I can't wait. My dreams will come true, maybe. But sure enough, he gets his chance. Chapter 45, verse 3. And Joseph said to the brothers, Ani Yosef, Haod Avichai, is my father still alive? And the reader who reads this as we read it today and throughout the week and every year, we might gloss over this moment. Haod Avichai, is my dad alive? That's kind of what we're hoping he'll say, right? But we know that Joseph's relationship with Jacob was fraught, especially for the brothers. The possessive nature of Joseph and Jacob's relationship, Jacob owning Joseph and Joseph owning Jacob and then lording over the other brothers, the preferred one has to land. Is my father not our father, but my father alive? And then this great line, I'm sorry. They couldn't even say a word. They were completely mute. Unbelievable. Then he says to them, of course, come close, come close says it for the second time, the verse repeats almost exactly what it had just said. Yeshu Eli, come close to me. Vaigashu. And now not one brother, but all of them came close. Vayomer, now when they're all close, he says, Ani Yosef. I'm Yosef, your brother. whom you sold to Egypt. <laughs> You're thinking, wait a second, this is, was going well. They're closer now. He's now, right? He says, I'm your brother, whom you sold to Egypt. And then he says to them, don't worry. There was a reason I was sent here. You didn't sell me. I was sent. What's happening here in the Torah that we learned in the name of the Din of a Rebbe is something connected with the human condition and the way that all of us find our way back. There's something happening in the text that is on the surface, not necessarily readily apparent, but something profound happening in the syntax, the words that are being chosen to describe this moment of rapprochement, this moment of potential vengeance and potential anger and potential resentment and potential payback that's rooted at, rooted in the universe words in the mystery of the word heart in Hebrew, lev. The universe says, that if you look 
at the letter Aleph, the first of the Hebrew letters in the alphabet, and you look at the way that the Hebrew letter is written in Assyrian script, those of you who might not know what it looks like, I apologize. I would have otherwise had on our huge screen an Aleph for all of you to take a look at. It's not, you know, over there. But just imagine if you could, the shape of a letter that in scribal arts is written by combining other letters to form the letter. The letter has composite pieces that are smaller than it. The letter Aleph, the first Hebrew letter when written in Assyrian script is basically one letter repeated. It's the Yud repeated twice and above in the middle. So it looks like a Yud facing heaven, the 10th Hebrew letter. The same Yud, 10th Hebrew letter facing the ground. And the sixth Hebrew letter, the Vav, is the letter that combines the two, forming the letter Aleph, the first of the Hebrew letters. Everybody got that? You can imagine it as a yoga posture, right? It's kind of like, almost like, right? You can imagine it. There's something like a... What's remarkable, of course, is that each of those letters have numerical value. So go with me here. If I have a Yud here, it's how much? Yud is the 10th letter, it's 10. If I have a, another Yud going this way, it's another 10. And the Vav is the sixth letter, so it combines and it comes out to the number. So what does it have to do with Lave, heart, which is 32? So the Dinaver says, you know, every Aleph really is not a solid Vav, it's a broken Vav. This is at the heart of the letter that represents unity. It's the letter one. Number one, at the heart of the letter that combines heaven and earth, we thought there was a solid sixth letter vav right in the middle, like a beautiful spine that's kind of strong and it holds heaven and earth together. It's the mystery of duality held in one letter, but no, says the Dinaver, if you want to find the mystery of the heart, 32, you have to break the vav in half and have two sixes. which he, of course, doesn't talk about. It's the mystery of Shabbat. Shabbat comes to break the two sixes of the week in both directions. And Shabbat is the heart of the world. The only other place in all of Jewish literature where there is a broken vav is in the word shalom, peace, in Parshat Pinchas. When Pinchas rises up to wound and to take vengeance, Vigilante vengeance. The broken vav is the broken heart of the world. A world where brother rises up against brother. A world where sister rises up against sister, where the human rises up against other human, where jealousy, envy, commodification, and instrumentalization become the way of it, and we play out the banalities of evil, the unskillful and unwholesome seeds of structures and systems and inherited wounds, patriarchies and other hierarchies that wound us as it wounds others, we are the heart of the world with all of its brokenness. We can imagine a Joseph living carefree, knowing his dad loves him and walking around telling stories to his brothers wondering why in any way, shape, or form might they have a problem with him. We can imagine a Judah imagining that life is kind of honky-dory, 
it'll be okay. I'll try to save Joseph, but if it doesn't work out, okay. What, 12, okay, now 11. And then life carved Judah. Then Judah lost his two children. And now he stood on the precipice of potentially being the reason that his father has to go through the very same thing that he had to go through. And Judah's heart, like that vav, is broken. That unity, that simplicity, that innocence, that everything is one. It's so funny to hear people banding about, about how Buddhism teaches everything is one. Buddhism is the religious tradition that acknowledges the intensity from the moment we are born of human suffering. So interesting in the common hallmark culture of Buddhism, it's just Om, which is not even right Buddhist, but like Om, it's one, make me one with everything. And here comes a dinner of a Rebbe and says, one with everything, one, you know that letter one, that Aleph, so beautiful, a little Yud above, a little Yud below, a little Vav in the middle where you need it. And that Vav is broken, like the Liberty Bell. Cracks and all. Cracks and all. And so here the brothers stand before each other, and he starts off telling them, oh yeah, you were the ones that sent me down to Egypt. That's a little dig. All the commentators note that. Did he really have to say that? It's like, no, I'm, they know. <laughs> That's why they can't speak. He says, no, when you sold me, that was the beginning of my journey. That was when suffering began, when I was stripped of the things that covered me and the ways that I covered myself. I'm like you, Judah. And I've struggled and I've suffered and I might be here looking like the Prince of Egypt. But I have two boys of my own. Like my mother before me. And I know what it is to suffer. And I know what it is to reframe that story. As you did, Judah, as you returned to the brothers from your suffering and became a leader, I too see myself now as your brother, as he says, Achichem, I'm with you. We've all suffered enough. We've all suffered enough, he says. This teaching from the Denver is so powerful. And to become fully human, to be, as Carlos Castaneda said, to have a path with the heart. A path with the heart means that we enter into the heart of what it is to be limited. We enter into the heart of what it is to have regret. We enter into the heart of the stories and the narratives of mistakes made and pain caused and things that could have been otherwise, but were not. And we enter into that fullness, hoping against all hope that this time it will be different. 
To have a heart is to know that it breaks. To have a heart is to know that we suffer, and so do the people who stand before us and around us. They too suffer. I heard a teacher this week say that chesed, loving kindness towards oneself is called metta. When you turn loving kindness towards yourself, it's called metta in Pali. When loving kindness touches the suffering of others, it's called karuna, it's called compassion. Compassion. I think Joseph learned what it was to have compassion. And Judah was taught what it was to know suffering and compassion. And together they hold us and for us an example of, of what it is to live a wholehearted life. To live a wholehearted life. To seek to mend that love in shalom, but to know that even when peace is achieved, there'll still be a crack in that love. There'll still be something there. But for the sake of unity, it's worth it. It's a little Torah from the Dinaver this week. May his memory be a blessing for all of us. And I want particularly to think of that dancing Aleph who graced this shul for so many years and whose your side is this coming Sunday. I, you know, when I used to see Yitzchak in the last years of his life, Parkinson's and all, dancing that broken vav, that heart of his, bridging heaven and earth. I pray that he's, mainly the ocean for us, that he continues to act on our behalf to keep us awake, stand up on the seats and say, let's go. Let's go and give us strength, give us strength for the sake of healing and for the sake of reconciliation and for the sake of all brothers, sisters, and humans who yearn to find their way back again. Please rise. <laughs>